Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story for this week, Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, the third creative competitor tournament hosted by Buckeye Championship Wrestling in Columbus, Ohio. Let me tell you about the festivities at Pixel Palace Games that day. I'll actually start with one of the three featured matches that kicked off the day's events. This happened even before the main tournament. The Midwest Coast Championship on the line. Multiple-time Midwest Coast champion Bobby Ohio has the first defense of his new run as champion against Sherry Von Danish. The champion playing as himself, Sherry Von Danish playing as herself in a standard singles match for the Midwest Coast Championship. This was a good match. It does not progress past crowd meter zero. Your winner, new champion, Sherry Von Danish. Congratulations to Sherry Von Danish for winning her first major LFF championship. Even though it is a regional, it is her biggest belt win to date. She is a former, I actually think she's the current BCW champion, but this is her first win outside of locals for a major championship. Congratulations to her for this. That brings us to the main tournament for the day. 37 players in this tournament. The format is as follows. There were five Swiss rounds. After those five Swiss rounds, there was a cut to a top 16. All of the undefeateds made the cut. All of the four and ones made the cut. There were five three and twos. One of those three and twos, last year's runner-up, the walking disaster Nick Masters, got a bye into the top 16. The other four played off. Once those playoffs happened, we had a top 16, and then it was just a single elimination bracket to the finals. The top four in this event end up being Sean Loeb of the Dangerous Wool Order, last year's runner-up at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 2, the walking disaster Nick Masters, and two players playing for the first time in this event, Corey Kern of Kaiju 2, and Brandon Khan, many of you may know as the infamous Gen Con mascot. The finalists here, squaring off in a main event match, end up being Sean Loeb as Ricky Riot and Brandon Khan as the Mad One. Before I get into this match, honorable mention to Nick Masters. Nick Masters took Grande Gallo into the top four, a competitor that is, I would say, easily is on nobody's radar. Grande Gallo makes the top four of this creative competitor tournament. Now on to the finals. The finals are played using the main event stipulation. There is a bit of controversy going into the finals that I'll have to bring up here. As I just mentioned, 
Brandon Khan was playing as the Mad One. The Mad One is one of the competitors on the booked list for the Pixel Palace Pandemonium tournaments, meaning you should not be able to play him in those tournaments. Other competitors on that list are X Royce, Snake Pit, anyone that's been promoted to tag team, anyone under the 2020 vision uh, changes. The Mad One is on the booked list. Based on my discussions, with Colin Simon, the tournament organizer. He was allowed to play with the Mad One. Apparently, he did not know that the Mad One was booked and could not be played. He traveled from California to this tournament. He, from the understanding I received, was a relatively new player. And so the decision was made to go ahead and give him the allowance, let him play this booked character. And he makes it all the way to the finals. Watching the finals... I got the impression that Sean Loeb was in control for the majority of the match. That's just the way it felt to me. And at crowd meter two, Sean Loeb hits the finish. Brandon Kahn would be able to kick out if he rolls his highest skill. However, that doesn't happen. Sean Loeb wins Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. We may very well see the memes dealer be the new competitor for Sean Loeb coming out of this. Congratulations to Sean Loeb for winning Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. That brings us to the other two featured matches. The second featured match, which actually took place just before the finals, was the Trios Championship. The Trios Champion, Kirk Polka, took on the challenger, Keith Overby. Keith Overby was playing as the newest version of the Three Kings, Kirk Polka is the champion with My Girls. The general manager of the trio's division, Chris Pagillo, was on hand for this match. This was a good match. I felt this was a very good back and forth match. It went all the way to crowd meter four. The winner, and again, I think this was a great match. Still champion, Kirk Polka. Congratulations to Kirk Polka for retaining the trio's championship. Because he is a dual champion, we should see him defend one of the two belts he holds, either the Underworld or the Trio's belt, very soon. Hopefully in a match that is completely above board. No shenanigans like with the last Underworld Championship match. That brings us to our final match of the day. The LFF World Heavyweight Championship on the line. The challenger, Matt Nealon. The champion, Bob Dunn, squaring off in a special guest referee match. The new Midwest Coast champion, Sherry Von Danish, is the special guest referee. Both players in the match are able to use her gimmick in addition to their own. Her gimmick is when the opponent rolls technique for the turn roll, the player can search their deck for a card with roll cut or chop in the name, a non-finish card, and then add that card to their hand. The champion, Bob Dunn, playing as Big Bad Bobby D. The challenger, Matt Nealon, playing as the Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. I was under the impression he had to play the Trash Man. Apparently, I was wrong with that, and so he ended up playing the Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. This match goes to crowd meter one. The winner 
still champion, Bob Dunn. But James Booker, the holder of the cookie's fortune, on hand after Bob Dunn defeats Matt Nealon, James Booker cashes it in. What happens is this. The match then becomes effectively a trios match, an elimination trios match. Bob Dunn clears his board as if there was a breakout, but his hand, his deck, and his discard pile all stay the same after the clearing. James Booker comes in. He gets to start with a hand of 10 cards, and then they just continue playing the match. So this match, still a special guest referee Sherry Von Danish match. It is a long back-and-forth match, a very strategic match, at times a somewhat boring match, but a very long strategic match. Two top players playing. James Booker playing as Macho Manny. Bob Dunn still playing as Big Bad Bobby D. The crowd meter does not change at all. It remains at crowd meter one throughout this match with the winner coming down to just a turn roll. New champion, James Booker. James Booker of the Rust Belt of Impact is the new LFF World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to James Booker for winning the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. That is Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. Our next big story for this week, the final match of round three of the 2021 Create a Competitor Competition has concluded. It did launch Wednesday night around 10 p.m. Eastern, and it did close Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 72 hours later. Vicious Vic Vandal and Lauren Santiago took on Private Cuddles and the Master Strategist. Looking at this match, I went through, I looked at the tag chains. Based on my vision of what happened, it is too close to call. I do not feel at all comfortable making a prediction at all. I have my own numbers, but it's so close that it is really going to depend on how Pat Mulligan adds the votes up because my method of counting may be different from his. Some things I think are valid. He may think are invalid. Who knows? It's his method of counting the votes. But as of right now, it's too close to call. So we will find out the results more than likely Wednesday during next episode of Talk of the Universe. And then I don't know what's going to happen in round four. The four semifinalists, two of who are known, JAC and Time Bomb Tim. The other two will be the winners of match number two in round three. If it's anything like the last couple of years, the semifinal round will be about choosing who the finalists are. Meaning there will be essentially player A versus player B and player C versus player D. And the people in charge of voting will choose which of these two matchups becomes the finals matchup. How exactly that'll work this year, I don't know. It's worked differently in past years. 
We'll just have to wait and see. I'm hoping that Pat Mulligan, when he announces who the winners are on Wednesday, he will also announce what's going to be going on in the semifinals. As I've mentioned before, the new deadline to complete the 2021 CCC is ArmorCon, the weekend of October 15th, same weekend as Marktoberfest 4. So that gives us right around four weeks to complete the semifinals and the finals. I hope to have more information for you on next week's show, but that's where we are right now with the 2021 CCC. Round three has wrapped. Round four hopefully will start soon, and we will know who these semifinalists are. Since I just talked about ArmorCon and Marktoberfest 4, let me give you a little bit more information about that and other upcoming events. Marktoberfest 4, October 15th at Recess Games in North Olmsted. ArmorCon, October 14th through 16th. There will be a con-exclusive competitor set for ArmorCon based on the mascot of ArmorCon. Gareth the Lion is the mascot of ArmorCon, and so there will be a Lion Man competitor set released for Gareth for ArmorCon. I don't know if that's going to be available for purchase on the website. It will be con-exclusive at ArmorCon for sure. The SRG Award Show, also from what I understand, will be that same weekend. There have been no details about the award show released, so we'll have to see if any news gets updated. But as far as I know, that's when the award show is supposed to be at ArmorCon. Again, that could change because with a month to go, there has been no official announcement about the SRG Awards. Maybe that'll get pushed back to PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged is going to be the first week of December in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Philadelphia Convention Center. Other events. The next big event coming up next weekend, September 17th, FreeCon 3, Fall River, Massachusetts, Game King is the name of the store where the event will be held. It's going to have an 11 a.m. start time. That's Eastern, obviously, because it's Massachusetts. There will be con exclusives for that event. As of right now, they will just be available at that event. When they will go on sale for like the general public, we don't know. If you're curious what those are, they did publish those on the last episode of Talk of the Universe. The last event that I have, October 8th, Nerdvana Games. There is going to be a CACA Create a Competitor Tournament. 2020 Vision Rules will be in effect. There will be bullet rounds and then a top cut. There will be stipulations in the top cut. That's all the information I have right now about that October 8th. Nerdvana Games, I believe they are located in New Jersey, southern New Jersey. I don't have all that information for you at the moment. I will get that and have that as we get closer to the event. That is what I have for upcoming events. There have been a number of announcements and championship matches outside of what happened at Pixel Palace Games this weekend. Let me give you those first. Last Tuesday, the Intergalactic Championship was on the line. The champion Chugonomics 
defending against Rowdy Ron. The Intergalactic Championship is different than other championships in that the champion is the person alone, not the person and their competitor. And competitors change every time there is a defense. And they are not limited to singles competitors. So in this case, it is a trio's defense. Chugonomics playing as the trio Happy Birthday. Rowdy Ron playing as the trio Best Friends. They square off. Crowd meter for trios match. The winner. New trios champion Rowdy Ron. Rowdy Ron, I believe, holds his second LFF championship this year. Congratulations to him for becoming the new intergalactic champion. Other championship news. There have been a number of contenders for future championships named. For the LFF Tri-State Championship, currently held by John Polverino, his next challenger will be Wrench Monkey. The winner of that match will face Ryan Pierce, and the winner of that match will face the Screaming Danchi. So, the next three men with shots at the LFF Tri-State Championship currently held by the Player of the Era are Wrench Monkey, Ryan Pierce, and the Screaming Danchi. For the Deep Six Championship, I believe currently held by Tim Riley, the next challenger will be the former ACCW champion, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams. Joel Williams will take swim files and attempt to become the next Deep Six champion. And then finally, for the Deep South Championship, there's going to be a number one contender match. The winner of that match will face the champion, Ken Fouché. The first man in that match will be Micah Swafford. The other man in the number one contender match has yet to be named. Once he is, they will schedule the match. They will face off. The winner will take on current Deep South champion, Ken Fouché. The last bit of championship news that I have is this. In about 10 days, a week and a half from now, there will be a unification match for the LFF Tag Team Championship. The current Tag Team Champions, Dangerous Alliance will take on the Underworld slash Real Tag Team Champions, Jaw Jammers. The winners will be the sole LFF Tag Team Champions. Taking place a week from Wednesday after Talk of the Universe as of right now. Again, with any of this news, if it changes, I will update that on the next show. And then finally, before I get into the other online tournaments from this past week, as well as Sunday night fights, I have a little bit of news coming out of Louisville. Louisville just had a big event at Miso's Games. I believe that was last week. They have announced their next big event. Their next event is going to be October 1st, same location. Miso's Games, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, that's where they're going to be playing their matches. Kirk Polka has also asked me to announce that the Underworld Championship for the Louisville area has been renamed the Stevens 
316 Memorial Championship, named after Louisville Super Show player from the Alpaca Protection Agency, Matt Stevens. That championship debuted at their last event. The current champion, the Hallow King, is himself, took on challenger Leland the Boy playing as Will Osprey, and the Hallow King retains. He is holding that Stevens 316 Memorial Championship. I'll go ahead and mention this here, too. I didn't mention it last week, but they asked me to mention this, so I will. Kirk Polka, the Louisville World Champion, took on challenger Kyle Crabtree. And Kyle Crabtree won using Dr. Dick Thunderlips to become the new Louisville Super Show World Champion. I'm not sure exactly what they're calling that belt. Kirk Polka asked me to mention that on the show, so I did. And if you have, if anyone listening has any local news they would like me to mention on the show, please send that to me. I don't always talk about local things, but if you would like me to talk about your locals, promote anything for your locals, let me know, and I will try to get that on the show. Now let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. As far as I know, there was nothing on Monday. I could be wrong. If I missed that, I apologize. But looking on the challenge, reaching out to people who normally run on Monday, looking at the uh, talk of the universe, I did not see it. If I missed the report for Monday, I apologize. But as far as I know, there was nothing Monday. So the first online tournament for this week was Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Let me give you the details of Chibi's Thursday Night Fights for this week. Like always, it's a group stage, and then there's a top cut. In the group stage... The players are divided up into groups. Everyone plays everyone else in that group. And then the top players from that group advance into the top cuts. For this week, there were 19 players. Three groups of five, one group of four. Top two from each group advanced. So there was a cut to a top eight. In the quarterfinal round... All the matches were played using the New York Rules stipulation. In the semifinal round, all the matches were played under the Dark Match stipulation. And from what I can see here, there was no stipulation in the finals or in the third place match. If there was, I apologize, but there's nothing listed from what I'm looking at. The top four were in fourth place, playing as Captain CJ Spara, the player of the era. John Press 1P. In third place, playing as Eddie Fury, Eddie Fury himself. The finalists were Matt Barone, playing as Mr. Pop and Twist, and Chris Pate, playing as x with your winner, Chris Pate as x Congratulations to him for winning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights this week. And actually looking a little further, this is called the Thursday Night Fights Lights Out Tournament. So I would not be surprised if both the semis, the finals, and the third place were dark matched. So these all may have been dark matches once you hit top four, semis, finals, third place. So I'm going to report they were. If they were not, I apologize. But reviewing further, it looks like 
all of the matches in the finals, the semifinals, and the third place, all of them were dark matches. Dark matches mean that the discard pile, which is normally common knowledge, is not. The opponent cannot see what is in the discard pile. There are a few exceptions to that, but by and large, that is what that means. That is the Thursday night. Friday, the Cheetah hosts a pop-up tournament. This, like Chibi's Thursday Night Fights, is a group stage tournament to a top cut. Eight players in this tournament, two groups of four, top two from each group advance into the top cut. It does not appear that there were any stipulations in the finals. The top four end up being your two semifinalists, the SRG Boss as Booker Mania and Bradley Townsley as El Super Ombre. Your finalists were the Cheetah as the Collector Sean Loeb and Matt Barone as Mr. Poppentwist. Matt Barone making two finals as Mr. Poppentwist with your winner, the Cheetah. Congratulations to the Cheetah for winning his pop-up event. Per the Cheetah, honorable mention in this tournament goes to Bradley Townsley. He was undefeated into the semis. The Cheetah had to, because of that undefeated favor, beat Bradley twice to make the finals, which he was able to do. He did obviously win that because he went on to win the whole tournament. That was the Friday pop-up event. Saturday. Saturday, there is a special Twitch subscriber free event. This week, SRG Universe hit a subscriber goal on Twitch. As a result, they ran a Play Pure tournament Saturday night. This was, again, a group stage tournament into a top cut. There were 28 players, seven groups of four, top two from each group advanced into the top cut this was a play pure tournament no entrances no spectacles you could from what i understand use skill requirement cards in this tournament in the top cut from what i understand the opening matches were triple threat steel chain matches or triad steel chain matches i keep wanting to say triple threat they are triad basically three players under the steel chain stipulation at the start of the match each player searches their deck for a card with steel chain in the name adds it to their hand when essentially one player draws two or more cards the other player draws two cards when one player buries two or more cards the other player buries two cards i don't know if this was a tunneled effect if it only affected two players or if one player drew two the other two drew two when one player buried two or more the other two buried two more not sure how that functioned but triple threat matches into a top four the top four end up being tables matches in the semifinals and after the first breakout the crowd meter jumps to crowd meter two so it starts at zero if there's a breakout, it goes immediately to crowd meter two. Tables matches. The finals, and it does not appear that there was a third place match. The finals is a ladder match 
I am not sure if this started at a higher crowd meter, if this started at, say, crowd meter one, or if it had the same stipulation, but it looks like the ladder match started at a higher crowd meter than crowd meter zero. The details are unclear here. The top four in this event, in the sub goal play pure event, were tied for fourth, essentially your two semifinalists, Lucky Cat Nico playing as herself, and Rowdy Ron playing as Piglet. The finalists were Brian Waitfort Schmidt playing as Aerial Lipstick, and the Mad Custodian playing as Zonda, one of the new marauders of the multiverse. With the winner of the Saturday Night Play Pure event, Brian Waitfort Schmidt as Aerial Lipstick. Congratulations to Brian Waitfort Schmidt. That brings us to Sunday Night Fights hosted by Brian Waitfort Schmidt. On this week's episode of Sunday Night Fights, Mr. Schmidt is joined by his frequent co-host, his Talk of the Universe co-host, Chibi. And together, they host one match, only one match on this week's Sunday Night Fights. It's a tag team match. The relatively new tag team, Kaiju 2, put out an open challenge. And a team featuring, I believe, two members of the Freak Show answer the challenge. So we have Kaiju 2, Mecha Rob playing as the Magnificent Mr. Ray, and Corey Kern playing as Merlin Von Berlin take on Nick Nimble as Silva and Rowdy Ron as Danny Limelight in a relatively short match. The match is over by 8.15. Sunday Night Fight starts at 8 p.m., so the whole show, start to finish, less than 15 minutes. At crowd meter zero, Corey Kern rolls his power 10. Because of his gimmick, he is able to play an additional card that turn. That's the gimmick when you roll power. You play an additional card during the turn. He plays, set up the steel chain. It is not stopped. Set up the steel chain allows you to flip four cards, add a submission from discard to hand. Your finished submissions have the added text. Your finished rolls are plus one. He flips the finished submission. He picks it up. He's able to play it because of his gimmick. It is unstoppable because of the text on the card. He rolls an 11 and... The team from the Freak Show is unable to kick out Kaiju 2, wins in their call-out match. They win Sunday Night Fights. That's over. Congratulations to them for winning. Afterwards, Rowdy Ron does something he's done multiple times. He takes the competitor he's using. In this case, Danny Limelight rips it up. I hate that so much. Please don't rip up cards. If you don't want your competitor sets, just pay it forward. There are a lot of people out there who want competitors that aren't able to get them. Danny Limelight's a great competitor. People want him. Sell him or just pay it forward. I'll use an example from my own life. I, in this Faction Wars that's going to be coming up soon, the draft's in two weeks, September 25th, two weeks from tonight. I have a team with two new players. I would have loved 
if we were able to draft Danny Limelight to be able to give them a Danny Limelight that, say, Rowdy Ron didn't want anymore. That would be great for these new players. But instead, if I don't have a Danny Limelight for the new players, we can't draft them. So I urge anybody, if you don't want a competitor because you've lost with them, sell them or just pay it forward. But destroying competitor cards in this game is terrible, especially because right now every competitor card is a limited run. When it sells out, it's practically gone, especially for somebody like Danny Limelight, who is a licensed professional wrestler. It is very unlikely that Danny Limelight will get a second printing. If those leave the world, they're just gone, and you can't get your hands on them. So please, don't destroy your competitor sets. People would love to play them. Just pay them forward, sell them, whatever. Don't destroy them. It's the worst thing, and I hate when people do that. Please don't do that. It's so awful. It's so bad for this game. Don't destroy competitor sets. I hate ending the show on a negative note like that, but I just can't stand to see that. Knowing how many people, especially new players coming to this game, who might be fans of Danny Limelight, or just Danny Limelight's a really good competitor, they'd love to be able to play with a competitor that good. To see people just destroying competitor sets drives me nuts. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. Last I looked, there are no new events up on the website, but look for Dojo Tuesday night. Maybe an online event Monday, maybe an online event Thursday, maybe some other days during the week. Free Con Saturday, Fall River, Massachusetts, Game King. Otherwise, I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.